Hey y'all, uh, this is Rebecca Botter and I am the host of the Search for Pink podcast. Uh, today we talked to Nisha Patesh. I actually just got off the Zoom with her and literally this is going to be the easiest edit I've ever done. No, no nothing to my other guest who I you know I love you all like my children, but you can tell that Nisha hosts a podcast because she was like, I've got my answers. Let's go. Let's do this. She did a fantastic job. Um, yes, Nisha, thank you so much if you're listening. All right, guys. I just left a podcast five stars earlier today. It's called uh, Fish Netflix. It's about costume design and um, film and TV. Anyways, I just gave him five stars. And I was like, what? It's this easy to leave five stars on iTunes, y'all? click on the three dots you click on the page for the podcast you go you see the stars you rate it five you're done you don't need to subscribe you don't need to leave a con- uh whatever all you need is to give me five stars it would make me so happy um but anyways nisha nisha is the owner of the guapa shop which is so fun to say, um, but her brand is called Ola Guapa, and uh, she makes her own clothing and jewelry. Uh, but on the Ola Guapa site, on the Guapa shop, she is she has all of these other female um, identifying creatives. Uh, we've got loungewear, we've got jackets, we've got um, pins and patches, face. I am very intrigued on this rose face oil that we've got going on. Um, But it was really cool to talk to Nisha about how it began with her own journey of making her own products and how that led to her creating a shop, learning from other female creatives how they did it, um, aka this podcast and how it's come to be. Yeah, how she's moved forward from there. Thank you guys so much for listening. I've already recorded this, so I know I'm going to do a great job. Um, that's my pep talk for myself before I record if anyone's just tuning in and, uh, thanks so much for sitting tight. I love you guys and let's talk to Nisha. Okay. Let me start this officially. Hi, my (laughs) name is Rebecca. Thank you so much for joining me on the search for pink podcast. Um, and just for anyone that's tuning in just for this episode, um, the search for pink podcast is about, uh, finding positivity in a world of being a creative because, um, I, I would say 95% of this job is being discouraged or setbacks or redirections. And um, for me personally, following other people's journeys has been like a really huge encouragement. And um, I was like, I should be recording these conversations because even if like one person can get something out of it, I think that's just so spectacular. Anyways, um, so you were about to start telling me about like the nine to five life and then the hustle life. Um, can what was so what is your nine to five again? So I'm an associate art director at a digital marketing agency. Um, they used to be based in LA, but now they're hundred percent remote. So I'm actually based in San Diego, California. Mm-hmm. Um, and I work mostly um managing creative ads and assets for mm-hmm. a variety of small businesses to large companies. Very nice. And so how long has your side hustle been around? Uh, So Ola Guapa has definitely been an evolution. Um, The website and online shop has been 
around for about two and a half years. Yeah. And uh, the Guapa Shop specifically, which features, um, you know, other female owned and artist made brands has only been around since the beginning of this this year. Okay. So I love, you said it's like a different iteration. So when it first began, I was reading on the website of how it all began and you were looking at other female creatives and you were like, wait, how do I do this? Yeah, <laughs> You know, um, cause it looks, if you're just looking online, it just kind of feels like they just walked into this and they're doing a great job and it can be discouraging. Um, so what was the original iteration of Ola Guapa? So when I first graduated, I, um, I guess taking it back a little bit further during my senior year, I was invited to show my senior collection at New York fashion week. And so it was, I partnered with a, um, a woman's fashion wear designer and I did the textiles and we collaborated on that. And I think that experience kind of like showing my collection and my work sort of at like the highest platform you could ever sort of achieve Mm -hmm. to show your work, um, made me rethink kind of my future and what I wanted to do after college and after school and just gave me the confidence to want to go out on my own versus work for um, a larger design house. So um, I started, I launched a company called NBL for Nisha Batesh Living. Um, That's, you know, my first and last name and then living. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was doing, I opened a textile studio doing, um, you know, different fabrics for kind of bed, body and home. So everything from pillows to purses um, and really kind of started experimenting there. I think um you know I kind of always say like I gained traction I think that I had about like five or six different stockists and I just remember everything that it took to go to get into that to even kind of get that small amount of traction that I had at the beginning Mm -hmm. was so time consuming and I think that with that being my my main source of income I was making a lot of decisions sort of based on that and based Mm -hmm. kind of on like the desperation of like, I need to make money doing this and I need to make money quick Mm -hmm. um, versus really being able to feel like creative and expressive. And so I kind of started reaching out to other people, um, other artists and creatives who I thought were, you know, super successful and um, kind of had that look and feel that I really wanted to achieve um, with their businesses and just asking them how they were doing it. Like, how were you managing a website? Like, did you have a team? How were you, did you have a rep? Like, how were you going to stores and how are you sharing your product? Were you doing pop-up shops? Like, I just like wanted to know absolutely everything, um, that they wanted to share with me. And so in exchange for some of their advice and their tips and their tricks, I would feature them in an artist feature on my website. Mm. So that's kind of how it started. I think through the artist features, I learned so much and I was asking a lot of the questions for my own personal curiosity, honestly. Um, and, I think that in the end, what I figured out is like, there is no secret sauce, you know, um, Mm -hmm. everybody was just working hard and really dedicated. And in that I did kind of uncover that a lot of creatives have full-time careers or they're working at a bar at night or they're working at a coffee shop in the morning. Like they're Mm -hmm. doing multiple things and having, um, revenue streams come in from multiple different like facets of their life. So that's kind of what also catapulted me into, um, knowing that I wanted Ola Guapa to really be my, my kind of side hustle and my passion project, but I didn't want my sole income to rely on it until it was in a place where it was already kind of growing and, and it wasn't going to be something that I had to worry about. Yeah. I think that's, that's like great perspective that you weren't being able to make the, the exact decisions you would have wanted to make if with it being like your sole income, 
Yep. And um, there have been a few times in between different jobs where I'm like, maybe I should just bet on myself. And I'm like, maybe I can make these other side hustles. I'm doing work. And um, I would love for that to work out at some point, but then it, it can kind of create a scarcity mindset. And I do think I have found it really useful to have a, another job or two um, that I can completely depend on for my finances. So I don't have to freak out that my, my passions aren't paying the bills yet. Um, so, and I bet also what I'm thinking is all this experience though, with your own business probably made you like a great candidate for the nine to five that you're doing now. Yeah, totally. Totally. So like, as I was kind of building, um, my own website and, and obviously like interviewing all these different artists, it also inspired me to kind of relaunch my own line and look at, look at what I wanted to do and how I wanted to brand, like just the Guapa brand itself. Mm -hmm. Um, I think with all of that, you know, I learned more about like how to create a YouTube channel, how to start a podcast, how to, Mm -hmm. there's just a million things that I could look up on my own and kept putting that back into the website. So by the time I did go to apply for jobs, I believe like last August, Mm -hmm. um, I had this amazing portfolio of work to be able to share with the company and say like, I've done all of this self-taught on my own. Um, you know, this is, these are the skill sets I can lend to your company. That's amazing. So you were talking about how you wanted to, um, brand Ola Guapa. What was like the ink, what was the incubus incubus? What am I trying to say? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, the the in, you know it's like an incubator, so it's the incubation, whatever. Um, <laughs> y- you know, an egg or whatever. What were like some of the brands or details or colors that you were like first like that kind of created the look that you were wanting with your brand? Because it's so specific and unique. And also like looking back on it, I feel like a lot of people are beginning to make jewelry like you've been making for a long time. I think you've definitely been ahead of the curve. Um, thank you. And I don't know. I think the brand kind of just evolved so naturally, I guess, through experimentation. But I think something like kind of like my Panamanian roots have always like the textiles there I've always been fascinated Mm -hmm. by and just how they're so bright and so bold. And I think that I was just at the time where I was like starting to kind of like ideate, I guess, around what I wanted my brand to look and feel like Mm -hmm. everybody was going neutral and everybody was going like with like really clean black lines and like white and cream and, and tan and taupe. And I just never have been that girl. So as much as like, I love that look and feel as well it just didn't feel like me so I think really like leaning into what I wanted to do and even like sharing my product and and kind of what I was doing with other people like I would often get feedback like it's too much pink or it's too bright or tone it back or it's too much to look at look at or whatever it might be um and I just had to kind of own it and be like you might think that but like I'm not really a fan of (laughs) the the neutral palette so I just had to kind of have more confidence in myself and, and take in, I guess, the opinions of others, but really just, um, go with what I was feeling. Um, I love that. Cause I, you can so tell when, um, cause one of my many things I do is I'm an actor. I've been doing that for over 10 years. And, um, it's so clear when an actor gets on social media and they're like, just trying to do the thing because their agent has told them like, go get thousands of followers and their heart really isn't in it. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing when people are like trend chasing, 
um, is that like you could try to be a minimal, a minimalist jewelry designer, but then if you were doing it in the height, you're like two years behind, you know, like it's already on its way to something else. And I feel like, yeah you like now you've been ahead of something that was going to be catching on for a while. Do you know, um, glad and young, it's a leather Mm-mm. brand. Mm-mm. Um, no. I'm going to send you a link to their stuff. They've been okay. doing, um, some like really cool textured, marbly, colorful, bright stuff with leather, um, here in Atlanta. And they're really cool. I have a journal and it reminds me a lot of your stuff. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So what has, um, ba-ba-da-ba. I'm a, I'm a hands talker, which is hard over zoom, but, um, <laughs> I love that you have other people's, um, products on your site, mm-hmm. um, because I'm sure as a creative, you've experienced this, but like, I feel like we're always hoping for someone to like reach out and say like, Hey, I want to work with you. Mm-hmm. And because so much of our job is to put ourselves out there, put ourselves out there. Um, what has that been like to bring other creatives onto your site and it with your brand and work with them? Um, it is my favorite thing ever about what I do. I think that, you know, when I was working with MBL and again, like really like looking to kind of get my product out there. And just like you said, like that's the opportunity that everybody's looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I, I, kind of came up against a lot of setbacks, which again, I think is something that you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, but yeah, there was a lot of, um, you know, saying no, a lot of closed doors, a lot of people who didn't understand. Um, and also kind of just a lot of roadblocks in the way. Like if I would reach out to a company, they would say, well, where's your line sheet? Can you just send over your line sheet? And I was like, Googling what's a line sheet. So (laughs) I think that like, I just had, to learn so much so quickly and really realized that like starting a business or a brand, like there's so much like administrative work and so much work that takes you outside of the actual passion that you're trying Mm -hmm. to pursue. And I wanted to eliminate that roadblock for a lot of other creatives. So like, yeah, I will reach out to people on Instagram when I like their brands and just kind of share the opportunity and I'll send out like, I don't know, 25 to 50 emails a week to different creatives that I find just kind of letting them know about the Guapa shop and how it works. And it's all drop ship. So um, I don't hold on to any inventory. There's no minimums that you have to meet. Um, there's really like no requirements. <laughs> so um, I just try to make it as easy as possible just to get your product out there and let's start like pushing it and promoting you and, and sharing your work with other creatives who are interested. Amazing. So just from a business side, how do you make money on people coming to the guapa shop? And then how is that like split with the artist and stuff? Yeah. So that was kind of another roadblock that I um, experienced too, is like most stores would take anywhere from like 50 to 60% upfront. And I think that it's really hard, especially when you are making everything by hand and it's super hands-on that to make money that way. So um, we only take 30 to 40%. So the artist gets to keep um, 70 to 60%. Um, They get to keep that larger chunk. And hopefully the goal is, you know, with with the majority of the money going back into the artist's pocket that they're able to continue fueling and growing their business and, you know, allowing it to thrive. It's, it's the same margins that I would expect should I be putting my brand in in another shop. So that's kind of the way that I like to look at it and treat it. Yeah. And why did you want to start? Is it like, is it because you were wanting to work with other creatives? Like what do you benefit from um, having other people's stuff on your site and not just working with your own? 
Yeah, so the Guapa, uh, Ola Guapa really kind of started as as a community. Um, I think, you know, as I mentioned when I was working on NBL that I would reach out to other artists and kind of ask them how they were doing it. And that's really how the Ola Guapa community and brand kind of formed itself. And so I always just like to like kind of keep that at the forefront of my mission is to just be celebrating, connecting and supporting other female artists. And mm-hmm. it's almost like through, through their work and through their commitment and through all of these connections that I continue to find inspiration to create for my own brand. Yeah. So what are things that you're looking for? Like on your site, there's, it's like a lot of really clean designs. It's bright. It's, um, it's very like positive and you're modeling all of it, which I love because <laughs> people are instantly getting like, oh, this is her, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I love that. What are the things that you're looking out for when you're reaching out to someone to um, join the guapa shop? Yeah, first and foremost is that it's female owned and artist made. Um, I love any unique selling points beyond that. Obviously, I love like a great storyline, sort of why they create, if they have a mission or a give back to. That's always super exciting to me because I think we continue to kind of like fuel each other's missions and, and passions. And I think that it's it, it goes a little bit bigger and, and farther beyond just creating a product. Mm-hmm. Um, I love a brand that is very transparent and kind of um, open about their process as well. Um, I've kind of always had this idea as I create the Guapa brand that like our process is our product um, because I think that it's it's exciting to watch. I think that when you can kind of see something, whether it be on Instagram or YouTube or wherever you're sort of consuming your content, mm-hmm. uh, you can watch something being created and how it's made. And that's a story that's exciting that you kind of get to share as, as the product arrives and you feel like a part of that experience and a part of that process. Um, that's a super exciting feature of a brand to me as well. Oh, for sure. This journal that I I bought, I've been following them and they've been following me. And when I went, I felt like I already knew um, the two women that owned the brand. And it was more than I had ever spent on a journal before. Yeah. But I love my journals. They represent a chapter in my life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, this is these are the people that I want to make and support because this is a really important thing. This journal is going to be with me for a year. So I really mm-hmm. want to love it or honestly, I'm not going to finish it. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I think finding the right people is just so important. Can I ask what are, what is your item that you make on the shop? Uh, so I make earrings. Uh, I make I marbled so. leather uh, earrings. I have a collection of um, five different styles and then Um, I also have marbled dresses as well as skirts. And then I'm working on kind of a whole new launch for a collection of apparel in uh, launching in 2022 next year. Can I ask, are they like dresses, sweats, t-shirts? Yeah, uh, it'll be um, mostly not not sweats uh, or t-shirts, more like, yeah, dresses, top skirts. Um, I'm really into creating sort of that size inclusive, uh, size inclusivity. So doing a lot of like wraps and ties versus zippers and buttons. Um, so kind of featuring it that way, I think for me with COVID, you know, like, especially as with my body specifically, like I gain and lose weight all the time pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just like to be able to have that piece that I can kind of fit into all year round, depending on how that fluctuates. And I think that kind of COVID also affected, I know that you mentioned like that I'm kind of the only one in all my pictures. So obviously COVID kind of affected that because I would love to eventually include 
some diversity there as well. So yeah, I, yeah. I love, that's such a good point. I've never like pinpointed like, yes, like zippers and buttons as kind of being like the telltale. Cause like, you know, if, if your blouse is pulling a little bit like here at the boobs, mm-hmm. it's very clear. You're like, oh, this isn't, this isn't fitting the exact same way. Or I have a pair of high-waisted shorts that I do the little jump in the shimmy, you know, mm-hmm, yeah, and then yeah. I do the squeeze into uh-huh. it, <laughs> but I look so cute in them. I can't stop. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, the wrap and stuff, um, makes so much sense. And I think that's, that's so cool. Um, is yeah. there, was there a certain like moment or item of clothing that you were like, I, I need to be making stuff that's more inclusive or is that just kind of been in the back of your head for a while? Yeah, I think it's always kind of been in the back of my head. I think when I, you know, to your point, kind of like when I find a brand that I love and I want to support, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously I know that I'm going to spend more, especially if it's artist made and it's a small company. And I think that if I have that piece, I want to also feel comfortable in it and not only comfortable, but I want to feel confident. And I think that that has a lot to do. There's a lot to be said for like trying something on and it's too tight or, um, you know, it might not even be, um, a medium to one person and one brand is totally different, you know, to another. Um, So I think that I just kind of always had that playing in the back of my head from my own personal experiences. Um, You know, I want to be able to like have the shoulders tie in a bow because it's cute and feminine, but at the same time, like you might be shorter or taller, or you might want to show more cleavage or less. And I think um, kind of buying that piece that you can, you know, wear higher or lower or however you kind of want to manipulate it um you can wear it a few different ways and also it can kind of change as your body changes and I think if you want to wear it with a heel or a sneaker I just like having a piece that I can wear um, a variety of different ways you know all year long and that's kind of that was kind of I guess like the the idea behind um kind of creating a more I guess fluid size line um Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, having a medium be a range versus a size, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then also I saw that you're five, two, I'm five. Yeah. One, and it's nice. The idea that someone that's shorter is designing yeah. because I can't tell you, even if I put on a petite for one, I feel like petite usually isn't fun. Petite is like, Oh, cool. Like this is like a good mom outfit. Oh, by the way, you can <laughs> buy it in a petite. And, um, but people don't think of how their clothes don't look the same on us. Like I yoga pants, I feel like look so silly on me. Um, yeah, and I'm always long. having to, yeah, I've have to buy the capris or I wear the mm-hmm. shorts. Um, I avoid so many different things and I'll wear a skirt and I always say I look more religious than I am. Cause the skirts are always like so, <laughs> so long. Yeah. It, it's just, you can forget about it. Um, yep. but no, I love that. I think we need also more, more short designers. Yes, Um, I totally agree. I totally agree. Do you have, um, do you make the dresses yourself? Do you get that? Does another artist create that? Do you make all the earrings yourself? Yeah. So I make the earrings myself from start to finish and I collaborate with, um, a pattern maker, um, also in San Diego named Isabel. And we work together on the different, um, patterns and designs. Um, Mm -hmm. she's also my seamstress. So she does a lot of the sewing, um, for the dresses, skirts and tops. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. You made such a good point earlier on like, you're willing to pay more if you know the artist or, you know, it's artist made, but then Mm -hmm. also I, 
I'm trying to think like specifically because I personally I thrift almost everything I'm really yeah. big into secondhand and that. um being sustainable that way it's also nicer on the budget but if I'm gonna buy something artist made it's also for me it's gonna need to be something where it's like because my being short our weight fluctuates more right like if we gain five pounds it's going to make a bigger difference on whether right. the dress is gonna zip or not Totally. Pounds don't have as many places to go. To go. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I can't buy an expensive dress that just like I have to say the exact same size because it's going to depend on what time of the month. Totally. Honestly, it fluctuates so much. So yeah, if I'm going to buy like a nice item of clothing, it's been like a really cool flowy top and I've mm-hmm. spent like a hundred bucks on it. But no, mm-hmm. it is it has not ever been some kind of body. Also, I don't really wear bodycon, but um, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Neither do I. I really think that there's kind of like you know my favorite dresses to wear is always just the one that I slip over. There's like no zipper, no button, no nothing. Like maybe a bow that ties somewhere. But I always kind of feel um, you know the most confident and feminine in something with ruffles or bows or frilly or something that kind of flows in the wind. And so I think that that's also kind of just the way that I like to design as well. Yeah, so true. I I've been wearing mostly dresses this summer, and they're they're just like a they're yeah no it's just you slip it on over your head and then you've got a whole outfit on. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I I it's been very convenient. Um, but okay, something I was thinking about because you are collaborating with all these different artists and creatives. What's an experience that's been like really special? Um, and like rewarding from getting to collaborate and uh, work with another artist? Um, yeah, two kind of come to mind. I think one working with uh, my pattern maker and seamstress Isabel, I think when I first met her, I met her through a connection that I had with Ola Guapa. And um, I went over to her house and she had explained to me that she had just been laid off due to COVID. And she had bought machines from the company that she used to work for sewing machines. Um, so my boyfriend and I helped her like offload them from her truck and kind of tuck them into her studio. And I was her first client, you know, as she was starting to kind of freelance and do her own thing and go solo. So I think again, just like whatever I can do to continue to like put money back into a uh, female creatives pocket so that they can continue growing their own business. So that felt very serendipitous. And then I think, The second thing would probably just be my own podcast um, because, you know, so much of these relationships are formed over Instagram and email and there's a lot of back and forth digitally, but there's something really cool about being able to kind of see the person's face that I have been talking to or corresponding with or selling the items on the Guapa shop even for some time and then getting to like have that conversation with them face to face and sort of hear their story through their own voice has been really special to me too. Yeah. And there's just those little things. I, I think one of the interesting things about talking to other people is um, one of my favorite things is someone will end the conversation and they're like, I never even thought to ask myself that question. Yeah. Or like, I didn't even realize how far I've come until someone's it, like, I mean, it, this isn't the same as therapy at all. Right. But also, how many times do you have someone going like, keep going, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, totally. How deep is my well? I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, it's, it's a really interesting, 
process. And then also people online um, are quite different than how they are in person, which is great. But, um, but yeah, it's been kind of a big surprise. I've like loved checking out all the different stuff on your site. Um, what are maybe some of the items you're most like proud about or excited about right now on there? Um, I think currently on the site, something that's been surprising to me is, um, I have a pair of earrings called the fruity dangles. And I think that those are kind of more on the higher end of the earrings that I make and they're all hand painted. So I think whenever somebody purchases those, I always get really excited because I know, I know that they kind of get the brand and they understand like the value there. And I think that it's always a really special piece for them. And I love getting to see like the pictures that they post uh, later, whether it be, you know, at a summer barbecue with like a white t-shirt and jean shorts. And that that's kind of their statement piece. Or like if it's at, you know, a bridal shower or a bachelorette party, or I just love getting to see how like different people are always styling my looks. And then I think obviously like the apparel as well. So like everything from the cosmic love set, which is like a really cute kind of baby pink, um, like more lounge set, which is one of the first articles of clothing that I ever put up, um, all the way to like the Darla dress or the shishi skirt. I think, um, you know, just starting to kind of get back into apparel and textile design is really exciting for me. So I know I kind of ran through everything on there, <laughs> but um, my collection's small and I hope to kind of keep expanding it. So I, I'm, I'm honestly really proud of each piece that goes out. Yeah. Like I don't, people don't realize how much thought goes into everything. I'm helping costume a theater production in town right now. And so far this weekend, I am looking for the perfect pair of cigarette black pants. And Mm -hmm. I have gone to five different stores and I've probably spent like, (laughs) like five, six hours just this weekend. And I've been looking for the perfect pair for a very long time. And eventually Eventually, people will see those pants on stage and they will not (laughs) think a thing of it because they are just black pants and um, and they're like a size four. So it's it should be just a on the rack size. And it is it it just it has to be able to sustain a lot of movement and has to fit her body perfectly. And um, no one will ever know. No one's going to (laughs) know. I know, but I think that in the end, it adds to the overall production value. And I think that although they might not notice it being, you know, that perfectly fitted pair of black pants, I think that, you know, overall, the amount of like effort and energy that you put into a project down to those kind of details are noticed. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And that's going to be kind of a nice little secret. I was listening to a costume designer what did she do? Um, I don't remember. It was uh, one of those horror movies, but it it's, she said whenever she does a show, it's always the costumes that they had to hand make mm-hmm. or she like hand painted these Converse shoes yellow. Mm-hmm. And it's never the things that they got off the rack that people are like, oh, cool. Where can I get that? They were there. Everyone's eye naturally goes to the thing that you really put your heart and soul into and then yeah. they're like, oh, I want that. Yeah, the the earrings, um, the fresh and fruity, dangly special earrings are so cool. And Thank you, can, you. you can tell that like so much love was put into them. 
And um, I think it is a really good point. I feel like like things can like come in and out of your wardrobe and you can fall in love. But I feel like if you're the kind of person who wants fruity, dangly earrings, <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're never going to stop wearing them. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 100%. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're my kind of person if, if you're buying them. So I, I always am super excited to kind of like dig a little deeper and always like I, I do a handwritten thank you notes. So I just always like mm. to be like, make sure you tag me and post post so I can see how you style them because it is always really special to have like a little piece of something that you made by hand. Yeah worn by, you know, another female creative. That's, I, I, that's so special. Cause yeah, you're literally you yourself are making them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you keep them in stock or do you make them as they're ordered? Like, how do you, how do you fulfill your orders? Um, yeah, I usually make the fruity dangles in like batches of six. Um, and then, you know, kind of as the, the collection starts to dwindle, I'll, I'll make a few more. Um, I think with the marbled, I make them in bigger batches just because, um, they're made of leather. So when I go to, I drive to LA to get the leather, um, from a very special shop there. So I make those in bigger batches, um, probably of like 12 to 15. Okay. In each style. Yeah. Okay. That's so cool. Yeah. Do you think, um, how did you learn all of, okay, no. Let's back. So anyone listening, because I think the Fruity Dangles are like 50, 50, 60 ish. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Just, 55. Just so people can understand the artistry that goes into this. How, how long do you think it would take you to make one pair of these earrings? Um, well, if I'm making them in batches of six, it's usually like a three day, three to four day process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I'm like going to LA to get the leather, um, all of the, um, all of the fruit like shapes themselves are drawn by me. And then the leather is cut. Um, it's prepared to be painted. Then each, obviously each little like fruit piece is painted and then they're assembled. Um, so yeah. And then, I mean, I think all this stuff that like people also don't kind of see going into it, like you were talking about with the pants is like, then everything needs to be photographed. All the photos need to be edited. They need to be mm-hmm. resized. Then you have to write product descriptions. Um, I think, you know, also considering like packaging, like when, when somebody purchases something that feels that special, I don't want to just like toss it in a bag and like, you know, that's what you get is what you get. I want it to feel mm-hmm. really, um, really special when somebody is opening that, that as well. And like, you know, it's a gift for themselves or whoever they choose to get it for. Um, so I think that there's just like a lot more that goes into creating a brand that's handmade and that's, you know, very slow fashion. A lot of the fabrics that I use are dead stock. Um, so yeah, I think it's a much, much longer process, but for me, it's also much, much more rewarding. Yeah. Anybody can really start a fast fashion line and that's just not what I'm doing here. Yeah. And I think it's, it's building also a group of people who are learning to trust kind of like trust your taste and trust your site. Um, because I don't, they, once they buy one item, then it's going to be way more likely that they're going to come back of like, Hey, I've got a birthday. I've got to buy for, I'm going to check out this website that I already know and love and trust. Yep. And it's building that relationship. 
Yeah, it really is. And I think that that's kind of been a cool thing about launching new Guapa Gals every month is like mm-hmm. every month you come back, there's always something new and something fresh and something like a new artist to discover and check out. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think like I just always kind of relate it back to my own personal experiences. Like when I give somebody a gift, I I want, you know, obviously you can buy something off the rack and I'm sure whatever, you know, <laughs> the gifts people are buying are gorgeous. But I I like to be able to kind of have that storytelling component too and share like where I got it and like be really proud of like how something's made and um, you know, who you're, who who you're supporting by purchasing that versus Mm -hmm. kind of this like ambiguous larger entity or company that, you know, you don't really know what you're supporting or who you're supporting. I just, I don't always get as excited um, to shop that way. Yeah. I had a, um, my friends joked that I was the person keeping her in business, but there was a girl on Etsy and she hand embroidered like just Fruit of the Loom sweatshirts, but she, you paid her like an extra 15 bucks and she hand embroidered these weird, like my little sister is Raynaud, so her hands get cold. And so I was like, hey, can you do one sweatshirt that says aloof and then the other one say CPA because my friend got certified as an accountant like CPA and moderately athletic and then the next one I was like can you embroider um I can't I have rain odds because my little sister used that as an excuse for everything and um and we became like friends through um through like how many weird orders I would make and it like it created a relationship where she just like didn't question how specific and uh, odd my orders were. It were yeah, anymore. yeah. I I absolutely love that, and I think that um, you know, in certain instances, you might be surprised that you actually did keep her in business. You know, like on those months that are slower, or you know, any time that those people that you bought for share that story because it is a weird message, you know, and somebody asks them, where did you get it? And then they share, you know, the story that you've shared with them that you've kind of formed this relationship with this girl and she does this embroidery. And I think that you might be surprised to know like how much of an effect that does have on a small business or an artist just starting out. So it's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. I think it's, I, and I, I think as like you as an artist, you know, how much time goes into things for me, yeah. gift buying, I, I mull over it so much and I want it to be perfect, which then means sometimes the gift is late, but it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's not on time sometimes. Um, Or um, I was so excited to give one of the sweatshirts to my sister. I gave it to her like four months early because I (laughs) thought of it. I ordered it and then she came over to my house and I immediately was like, do you want your birthday present now? Yeah. She's like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) No, she loved it. Um, So I don't know. I think it's so fun. Um, What has been maybe something unexpected? Because you said you've learned so much about the um, business side of this and Googling really like, okay, let me look this up real fast. What has been something um, unexpected about launching your own business that you've had to learn? Mm. Um, I honestly think probably the most unexpected part is how just kind of what I touched on a little bit before is like how much time goes into all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a meeting once a week for an hour with, um, a representative from Pinterest. So like, <laughs> you know, I could go on and on and on, like 
how to update something on my website. And then all of a sudden the site speed tanks. So like, okay, now I'm researching everything about site speed SEO. Like what's that? Now I'm researching everything about SEO. So I think just like all the stuff that it takes to run successfully that has nothing to do with the actual passion, if that makes sense. Just you have to be so confident and so driven and so dedicated to launching a line that you're willing to do all the shit that it takes for somebody to see it on the other end. Yeah. If that, if that makes sense at all. Yeah. I saw, I saw a reel recently and it was an illustrator and it was like, Oh, cool. You get to draw all day. And, um, and she showed like 5% is actually illustrating and 95% is everything Everything else else. that she's responsible for. It's it's a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, a little bit of a story is the search for pink was I was in a really low time um, living in the big city of Chicago. And I started the Instagram account, the search for pink initially, because I chose specifically to choose one thing to be um, thankful for, or like one beautiful thing that had happened in that day. Um, whether it was once I guessed the trivia right at a bookstore. So I got, (laughs) I got a free coffee and I was like, okay, we're living for that today. That's the thing I can be thankful for. Um, what is a time, um, where you were discouraged and then what was a way that you eventually, even if it's not you immediately bouncing back, um, Mm -hmm. because that's not life. Um, but what was something that you used to work through um, a really discouraging time? Yeah, um, I definitely like the idea of, you know, finding gratitude in every day. I think that you can always find something. I think that for me, I think a lot of my creative journey has been discouraging, just kind of like you said at the very beginning, you hear a lot of no's, you feel a ton of self-doubt, Um you feel like you're not good enough and then something great happens and then you have imposter syndrome. And so I think that there's just like a lot of negativity that, that, you know, you have to keep sort of boosting yourself back up all the time. Um, I think that reading has helped a lot. Um, you know, reading about different tools that you can use to sort of find success and find positivity. Um, I've been really focused right now on like a, a morning and a nighttime routine So I think Mm -hmm. keeping those things super, super routine um, and more like rituals that sort of set me up for the next day um, have been really inspiring for me. And then I think just honestly, like stepping outside of my own way and getting out of my own head and not focusing on myself so much. And I think that's what the Olaguapa community has always really done for me is it lets me know that I'm not alone, uh, you know, throughout all of these times that I'm feeling defeated and that there's other artists and creatives out there who are feeling the exact same way. And like, I'll even go back and read some of the written features on my site and be like, cause I ask some of the sim- similar questions, you know, what's something that like you've experienced a really low, low and kind of how did you find your way through? And, um, you know, hearing other artists stories is also like a really, really great way to be like, okay, come on, put your big girl panties back on. Like you've got this, like, let's keep Mm -hmm. going. Um, so a lot of that kind of like self-talk, I think those, those, those things, um, you know, reading routines and then also kind of like 
stepping outside of myself and listening to other people's stories as well are all kind of things that usually pick me back up and put me right on right back on track. Yeah. Yeah. I think reminding myself at least that like, I don't know, I've got, I'm gone through so much worse. And then also in the grand scheme of things. And I feel like it's all kind of perspective. Like the more you've gone through, the more you're like, oh, well, now this will, this will be fine. Um, can I just ask out of nosiness what your yeah. morning and nighttime routines are? Yes. So my morning routine is still very much in progress, but um, I'm starting tomorrow with a personal trainer. So hopefully it, in- it includes going forward some sort of um, physical activity early in the morning. I am mm-hmm. not a morning person. So everything that I can do to kind of set myself up to wake up ahead of time and get a lot of my like stuff out of the way um, before I start my nine to five job. So that would be, um, you know, eating a really healthy breakfast, getting in some physical, um, activity, whether it be like reading a chapter or two to kind of like just shift my mindset. Um, gratitude journaling is a big one. Um, you know, having time to take my dog for a walk. (laughs) And then if I can get through like my Ola Guapa admin stuff, as far as just responding to emails in the morning, I think that 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 sets me up for like when I get off work to be able to focus on the creative stuff, which Mm -hmm. often doesn't happen if I can't set myself up in that way in the morning, because I have to do all that when I get off work then. Mm -hmm. Um, So that that's kind of where I'm I'm going for my um, my morning routine and for my evening routine, again, more reading. I just got this light that um, it, it sort of casts uh, stars onto the ceiling and the walls of your room. So oh, I, I turn off that. all my lights. Yes. I use my modern theory candle, which is on the Guapagal shop. They're gorgeous soy candles and they smell so fresh and so girly. So I light one of those. Um, I'll read a chapter from my book, which right now I'm reading um, the gifts of imperfection. Mm-hmm. And then um, I usually like put on like a diffuser. I put on all of my oils, wash my face, shower, like make sure that my face is like coated in oils. I'm obsessed with fifth dimension. She's also in the Guapagal shop and she like forages all of her own botanicals and like her oils and serums are amazing. So I just, oh, and then my, my latest thing is um, the sleep mask, which it's going to launch uh, next month, but okay. it's by a company called 41 Winks. And um, I just put on my sleep mask too, right before I go to bed. And it totally like, I didn't realize how much light affected my sleep by a window. So that totally like shuts out the world and I am out like having a setting myself up to have a really uh, kind of like tranquil and peaceful transition into sleep Mm. is something that I'm learning versus just like checking my phone, watching TV, being like, okay, it's time for bed. And then getting right into bed and falling asleep. It's just not the same. Yeah, no, I, I, I am a big podcast listener. And sometimes the only way I can bribe myself to go to bed is to like set it on a timer, like stop playing the podcast in like five minutes. And I like have to set it across the room because I don't know about you, but I'm so, I'm such a phone addict. I'm really, that's like my birthday was really recently. My goal is like not as much phone and much more water. Um, But Yeah. yeah, getting a nighttime routine is I'm, I'm working towards it. Yeah. Um, it's a big deal. I think, uh, yeah, really like honing in on my nighttime routine has been like a huge change. And it's almost like a project in and of itself. Um, mm-hmm. Some days I don't have the energy, <laughs> which is funny because it's very much a relaxing 
process. It's, it's meant to relax you. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, sometimes I just can't pull it off, but trying to get better about doing it majority of the time, because it definitely makes all the difference. My, my younger sister, both of my younger sisters bond over how much they love nighttime routines. And they're like, yeah. we have nighttime and they're like, hold it over me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you got to get yours going. What a, what a weird thing to hold over someone else <laughs> and yeah. brag about. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think that's, I think that's super great. And it's something also, as I'm seeing you speak about and my sisters, it's something people definitely take pride in. Which, yeah. Um, I would love to, I would love to feel better than everyone else in that way. So I need to get <laughs> <Yeah>. on it. <laughs> yep. Once you, once you kind of start locking some things in and you do it over and over again, and it really, you see the benefits and the payoff, you start to get super, super proud. You want to brag about it. Yeah. <laughs> so I totally understand. No, I love that. Um, well, what else can, so you said that y'all have a, um, a face, a face mask coming out next month. Um, the in- face, all the like um, beauty products are already on the Guapa Gal shop. Oh, the yes. face mask for sleep. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Next okay. month. Yeah. And wait, is that the one where you just put it over your eyes? Yep. Exactly. Okay. Very cool. And so that's coming out next month. And then I'm so excited to see these wrap dresses that you're coming out with. Um, yes. Who is it? Diane Von Fuster. Furstenberg, yeah. Yeah, I read her um I read her biography forever ago and um I don't know if you've ever read it but it's such such a great way to believe in yourself because gosh darn it she believes yep. in herself. Mm-hmm. I've never met anyone who's like I am a queen and I have it all <laughs> together and everyone is a queen and I am I am the personification of a fierce woman. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like carrying on this, that legacy of like a fierce wrap dress, um, yeah. that everybody, everybody can feel good in. Um, well, before I let you go, hold on for one second and I'm going to show you the journal. Okay. It's right here. Cause I'm very proud of it. Anyways, they're my Instagram friends. Oh my gosh. I love it. Don't you love it? Oh, yes. Right. Is that, is that, um, marbled leather or is it cardstock? Oh, it looks so cool. It's, it's really cool. I'll send you, um, I'll, I'll send you their account. Um, they definitely do. Yeah. They, they have purses, um, journals, um, it, they're, they're really cool. And, um, it's two friends and they run it together and they have one storefront in Atlanta. Um, and then they make everything at the storefront. It's like their studio oh, awesome. store in yeah. it. It's, they're really, that's cool. really cool. That's, that's like definitely the direction that I want to go with Ola Guapa is opening like a studio shop and then mm-hmm. having kind of that retail space where I can, um, you know, host a lot of the, the makers in the Guapa Gal shop. And then also kind of carry my own product and be able to make and create in the back where there's like some sort of like a glass or transparent wall where people can really see like how the marbling mm-hmm. process, uh, looks and feels and, um, you know, see people actually kind of sewing up their garments that are in the front of the shop for sale. So I think that just being really transparent and being able to see the process again is something that's super, super exciting and probably kind of the new frontier of, of retail. 
I, I think so too, because I had a really hard time choosing which one I wanted because of course I was making it this big dramatic purchase in my head, but, um, the girl was helping me. And then when I finally chose it, she was like, I made that one. And I was like, yay. And yeah. um, she was so excited. Um, she didn't tell me to get this one. Um, I, I stood there for like 30 minutes trying to decide between like four different ones. Um, but it, it personalizes it so much and, um, yeah. And I think it just reminds you, like, I will always remember her and how much work she put into that. So yeah. I look forward to the day that you have, you're able to have like your in-house artists. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just want to say also just something that I see so clearly from you and the art you make is how like determined you are and how so many people I think would have like stayed small or um, kind of got discouraged if things didn't go exactly right immediately. But instead of taking a small discouragement, it's so clear that you've then gone, no, like, let's make it bigger. Like, you haven't let one little dip in the road keep you from like, saying like, wait, how can we expand this, you know, and how can I bring it other people in? And like, it, it's kind of like go big or go home, man. Totally. That's what my mom always used to say to me growing up, go big or go home. So I definitely like have that, have that mentality. I don't have anything to lose, you know, like, so let's, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's just, it's just the internet, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's, I, I'm having to remind myself of that. Um, I, on your, um, on your website, and like, I love that you wear so many of your own stuff. Is it ever cool having someone come up and be like, oh my gosh, I love your earrings. And then you're like, thank you. I made them. Yeah. Them your business card. Does that happen all the time? Yeah, it doesn't happen all the time, but definitely when it happens, it's like the biggest boost of confidence. I think because my kind of style is so different that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when somebody's connected to it, like I know that they're kind of like my person, like we're writing on, you know, a similar wavelength. Mm -hmm. So I definitely, I definitely love it. And I think that, yeah, there is something to, you know, designing and creating with your own hands and then having somebody else recognize that like in a real life setting, Mm -hmm. um, that always is like kind of that motivation or that inspiration that I need to keep going, you know, that day or the next day or or the next week. Yeah. I love it. And you have to keep a little backlog in your head of like, no, no, Starbucks barista was like really into my shirt. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Keep going. Yeah. Dude, I totally get it. Um, well, thank you so much, um, for talking to me and I love how we, are persevering creatives. And um, I'm sorry if there was any way I complicated this. Oh um, my God. No. My brain fartiness. Um, oh no, no, you're great. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun getting to chat with you. Yeah, of course. Thank you. And I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you. You too. Yeah. Have a great one. Bye. Bye. All right, y'all. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you're following Nisha at Ola Guapa, which is H-O-L-A-G-W-A-P-A. Make sure that you're following her site, her Instagram, her podcast, which is of the same name, Ola Guapa podcast. And yeah, she is so impressive looking at her site, 
comparison, not what we need to do, y'all, but man, she's good at a lot of different stuff. Um, Nisha, if you're listening, thank you so much for uh, hanging out with me and chatting with me on your Sunday. And I hope y'all have a great day. I love you. Um, If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe, send it to a friend, send it to a fellow artist, uh, DM me and be like, I loved this episode. Which should I listen to next? Uh, Because we can kind of like do a match.com kind of deal. Anyways, whatever. I love you. You know I do. And we will talk soon. All right. Bye-bye.